Welcome to the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast, where we discuss a wide range of topics from weird science to everyday miracles. We feature interesting people, places, and ideas. This podcast is about getting curious, educating ourselves, and celebrating all of the wild, wonderful, and sometimes weird aspects of this world we share. The intent of the show is to open up our minds to new ideas in a fun and informative way and ultimately help deepen our connection with ourselves, each other, and this world we interact with. If you like deep discussions and out-of-the-box topics, you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Let Your Woo Woo Show. Today I have on a new friend of mine, Carlo Novoa, and he is a spiritual coach. He has his uh, doctorate in spiritual psychology This man, though, I have to tell you, um, has been such a beautiful gift to me recently because just his approach to life and um, his giving nature on all of his platforms and the open conversations that he has have really impacted me deeply. And I don't know if I've mentioned that to you, Carlo, but they really have. So I have to say thank you so much for showing up and doing what you do. Um, wow. and I, I want the audience to know as well that this man, we've recorded this episode before and yeah. um, the universe decided that we needed to do it again. It didn't upload. So um, I, got, I get the gift of spending another hour with you, which I'm so grateful for. And thank you for your time on that. And I wanted the audience to know just how generous you are with your time um, and with serving people. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. I appreciate the invite. And listen, anytime that we can, that I can be part of uh, conversations like the ones that we have and the ones that we are about having with people, uh, it's a yes for me, you know? Awesome. Well, you know, let's give the audience some background here in terms of, I know the first thing for me when I heard you speak and I learned about a little bit of your background was spiritual psychology. I wanted to know more. What is that? Yeah, so um, in in 2009, I actually got my master's in spiritual psychology. And what I loved about spiritual psychology is looking at psychology from an Eastern philosophy point of view, right? So rather than, and I'm not, and by the way, my saying that doesn't mean that I'm knocking Western psychology or anything like that, because everything has a purpose. I know that. Um, I have worked with and continue to work with both branches of psychology. But what pulled me in was that, let's just say, for example, um, I go to see a psychologist and we talk about an experience that happened to me. The focus tends to be, well, um, do you remember what you were wearing? Um, Is there a reason why that color blue maybe is pulling triggers, et cetera? With Eastern philosophy, I think what, what, what I believe happens is that you're looking more at unveiling the truth that's behind the human experience, right? So understanding that what happened, um, uh, it's important because it did happen, but it's not the truth of your being. So it's more about understanding that that wasn't the truth and really facilitating the process where the individual recognizes the truth for and about them. Interesting. I am such a fan of um, psychology. That's what got me into this world. And I only recently 
um, within the past couple of years, ventured into the spirituality side and really invested in discovering more about that. So I, I get where you're coming from because the psychology aspect, although beautiful and gave me such great awareness of who I am, at least my actions, that deep awareness of who I am didn't come to me until I started meditating and until I started reflecting on the higher concepts and adopting more of a um, observer mindset. So I think you're right. Like I think that we need to have a broader expanse on what psychology is. Absolutely. Sorry, I during um, one of the set, set downs uh, during uh, COVID when we were shutting down here in California, I actually joined um, a book club and we were reading a book called The Kabbalion, which is the Hermetic Teachings. And what's really fascinating is that when you look at that, what we now call psychology was something that was already being worked with from a spiritual point of view way before religion was even started. I mean, the Egyptians were already looking at the connection with the human experience versus the spiritual truth of who you are. So, and we now call it psychology. So it's really interesting to me that these branches of what we are now seeing in the West, not now, but that we have been seeing in the Western world had always had its roots in Eastern philosophy. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point in that when we think about where culture started, right? right? I mean, yes. we're fairly new in North America because that's where we're coming from. I mean, we're I'm in Canada, you're in the U.S., but right. um, and we're on different sides of that. I'm on East Coast, you're on West Coast, but yes. it's you know our culture is fairly new. Yes. Right. Yes. And yes. so, and and I think that that uh, this beautiful movement we see right now of the West integrating East, at least I'm seeing yes. that movement. Are you seeing it? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, right? Because I think the first thing that we needed as a society, as a culture needed to sort of get through and, 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 and sift through was the concept of the names that we would give it, right? So, so you would say to someone, oh, um, you know, I'm meditating, let's just say, for example, and somebody say, oh, you're into that new age stuff now, right? And what's really interesting is the fact that we were calling it new age let people believe that that was a new concept. Right. So they were like, oh, you're into that new age kind of stuff. And the reality is that, you know, uh, uh, people have been meditating for thousands of years. You know, so it's not a new concept. Right. That's where the movement of new thought, ancient wisdom came in, because it's new to people, because now more people are being aware of it. But it's ancient wisdom that has always been there, you know think it's so funny ironically not ironically we've said this many times before you and I in conversations but I had a conversation before this one <laughs> and um, I had a meeting and we were talking about um, the idea that right now in the culture that we're in with social media with everything a lot of the um, youth are very knowledgeable yes like they have so much at their fingertips and yet this I'm not going to say everybody is a know-it-all. We're all very uh, advanced in how much we know because of it. But the wisdom part, you know, yes. how, um, you know, that doesn't come mm -hmm. until we, we actually live it. And so to your point, you know, we can know what meditation is, 
We That's can it. know what these concepts are on an intellectual basis, but tapping into the inner wisdom that each one of us has, that comes from the doing aspect. That's exactly right. That's right. exactly right. That's exactly right. I was working with a team in uh, Kansas City this past weekend, and we were talking about a morning practice. And I shared with them uh, uh, a part of the program that I created for them was how to start your day. What is a practice and what does it mean to someone? And it doesn't have to be spiritually based. And, um, and I say that because a lot of people have challenges with it because of their definition of spirituality, right? And, or religion or, or their attachment to it or whatever. And what's really interesting is that when we start breaking it down about what it means to the, the name of that segment um, that I created was called Before You Reach Out, Reach Within, right? Meaning that before an outside source tells you what your day is going to be like, why not reach within your own self and let that be how your day gets started? So it comes on your own terms, right? So one of the things that we talked about is uh, a lot of us, to your point, um, have our phones and we use our phones as our alarm system, right? It, it, what wakes us up in the morning. And it's convenient because it's right there at my nightstand. And so the alarm goes off, I reach it, I turn off my alarm and I immediately go onto social media, right? Either I go onto social media or I go onto a news app or anything like that. Now I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. And already I'm allowing an outside source to already start creating my belief system, um, start creating ideas and thoughts about my life and who I am based on such perfectly edited moments that people are presenting on social media, right? So I look at a picture of Stephanie and Stephanie's standing in front of some palm trees, right? And I go, oh my God, look, Stephanie's on vacation again. No wonder my life sucks. You know, she's on vacation. I'm still here working. And Stephanie just happened to be at a friend's house who has got a yard and they got palm trees in the back. And there was that picture. But because of the story I tell myself, I already started my day with like a minus point towards Carlo, right? I'm already like, I'm not good enough. Um, see me, I'm working so hard. This person's already going on vacation. So one of the things that I was saying, it's like doom scrolling can wait, right? If you're going to use your phone for an alarm, fine, use it, but turn it off. I mean, put it back down and then start your practice. And so, uh, one of the things that I share is like, what would that look like? And uh, I say, uh, set an intention for your day. An intention could look like a, a journaling. You could write a whole sort of page in a journal if that's what it looks like to you. Um, it could be an affirmation, right? But what's really important, and this goes to what you were saying where I wanted to share this, is that we forget that the first part of affirmation is affirm. And what that means is that you read it affirming that that's the truth for and about you. So that it goes beyond you reading it as a pretty thing to read versus affirming that that is the truth. I am love. I am prosperous. I'm abundant. I am creative. Um, uh, today, I will set an intention. I will affirm and confirm and affirm for me that my life is divinely guided, divinely ordained, and divinely orchestrated and go beyond reading it as pretty words but to actually now go into what you were saying, the doing of affirming that that's true for and about, right? So I think that's where we have to start doing our own personal work to going, how do I move from just having something be something pretty that I read versus something that I start to move in my life that starts to operate within me? Um, one of the young ladies, <clears throat> she's a mother of two. She's got a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And... She was sharing that 
her morning practice started inspired by the morning practice she has with her two boys. And one of the things that they do is that they said affirmations. So on the way to school, the boys will say, I am kind, or I am generous, or I am uh, smart, or I am this. And she goes, great. So, and she lets them come up with the affirmative word, right? So let's just say, for example, one of her boys says, I am kind. She goes, that's beautiful. So today, find someone that you could be kind to in class, right? So that it moves from just an affirmation to now I'm an, I'm, I am kindness in activity, right? That thing that I just affirmed, I'm now going to be that in activity, right? So uh, she was saying like her other boy was like, uh, I am patient. And she goes, great. So remember today when you're standing in line, right, to get into class or to go to lunch or to go to recess, um, you, you be that patient being that you're saying you are right now, right? And so then again, it moves from it being just a word that I say, and now I'm going to be into action about it. Beautiful concept. And, you know, I think that, again, this is something that keeps coming up for a lot of people because this is this is really coming down as well to habit change. And, you know, we're going right into it today, but (laughs) just we have this idea of what we want our life to look like. And we, you know, recognizing that that is set up in all of our little habits that happen throughout the day. And, you know, you yourself, like you are a coach as well as I am. And I'm wondering, let's go down that path of, you know, daily habits and down that path of, of really helping ourselves to align ourselves with who we want to be. Like you said, you know, to do the affirmations in the morning, that morning routine to really be that in which we want to be, to go from knowledge-based to being-based. What tips do you have for the audience on that? Well, you know, for example, so I I, I say that, right? So the first thing is, uh, and I'm going to look at uh, the morning practice so that I can actually share that with you. And so... One of the things I say, the first thing is, you know, um, set your phone down. Like, that's the first thing, right? Set your phone down, doom scrolling can wait. Um, start by setting an intention or uh, an, an affirmation or, um, uh, again, uh, uh, an, uh, an affirmation for yourself or something in your journal. So that would be number one. Then number two is what I say to them is I say, okay, now uh, uh, move your body. And when I say move your body, what I tell them, I said, it's not about exercising. I'm not saying go out and go to the gym. But what I'm saying is how, when was the last time that you went on a conscious five minute walk where you literally just no radio, no headphones, no, no phone, no nothing. And even if you're walking with your partner, your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, to just be with yourself and to just walk and be fully present and acknowledging of your body to go, wow, look at my fingers moving. Look at my legs moving. Wow, look at my lungs are breathing without the existence of any machinery. And if there's a machine helping me breathe, wow, thank you machine for helping me breathe. Look at my heart beating without the existence of the machine. Look at, my, look at me seeing, look at me uh, uh, being able to smell, right? The, the rain that's left on the ground, the, the grass, the dirt. To just acknowledge, you know, I was listening to a, um, I think it was a quantum physicist. And he said, you know that your body is working literally every nanosecond to keep you alive. And when was the last time you acknowledged that? 
And I say that because we live in such a world where we're chasing perfection or what the world tells us perfection is. And so all of a sudden, I um, don't look at my body from a place of gratitude. I look at my body of not enoughness, right? Because I'm judging it based on what society says. So I have a routine with, a, with clients when I'm working with them individually. Uh, for every one thing that they say a negative remark on, like, oh, I hate my nose or I hate my thighs. I go, great. Now give me five things about your body that you're appreciative of, right? And they're like, I love that I can breathe. I love that I can see. I love that my limbs are working. I love that I can speak. I love that I can hear. I love that I can, you know, and I was like, great, because that takes us into that practice, right? Of really being able to fully understand what it's like to connect with your body. So that's what I say when I say, get up and stretch, you know, take 15 minutes and stretch or, and if, and if exercise is what calls for you, for someone it is going on a job, beautiful, then that's what it is for you. But have it be conscious, have it be with intention, right? Have it be an aware. So that would be um, the one thing. And then um, the, the, one of the things that I always share too is to really ground yourself with grounding breaths, right? And so for me, I always say, start off with grounding yourself with a breath of gratitude. And uh, when you ground yourself and you're doing this practice, breathe in, inhale for a count of six to eight and exhale also for a count of six to eight so that it, rather than it being something that you check off, like, okay, I did my three grounding breaths, but it's something that you're fully present to, that you take a breath in, from that place of gratitude and you connect with at least three things that you're grateful for. Let me connect right now. I woke up. I woke up and there was a roof over my head. I woke up and my husband is okay or my wife is okay. I woke up and um, my pets are doing great, right? Connect with at least three things you're grateful for. Then I say, take the breath of love, right? And when I say love, I'm not meaning the romanticized love. I'm not meaning like the, uh, the greeting cards or the... Uh, romantic songs or poetry, all beautiful attributes to love. But what I'm talking about is love the vibration that was before we gave it the name love. Because love is a frequency, it's a vibration, it's an energy. And again, this isn't religion or spirituality, this is science, it's quantum physics, right? And so we needed to give a word to something that we energetically were feeling. And so we called it love, right? Um, in each culture and each language has a word for it. But when I say take that breath of love is that you are now really fully present with understanding that love is not only what you are made of, it's what you are made from. And so when I take that breath of love, I'm literally connecting with that vibration, that frequency that's within me so that I get to go, oh, I've been looking for it outside of myself, right? I've been looking for it outside and in reality, what life has been asking of me is to connect with that vibration that's already within me. Connect it, feel it, feel how it moves through my body, feel that vibration, that frequency. So then you don't have to look for it, you attract it. So then love at its purest form, which is vibrating at the same frequency you're vibrating at, that's where the connection happens, right? Because now you're connecting with that same vibration that someone else is fully present of within themselves. The third breath would be the breath of alignment. And this, what I mean when I say alignment, um, in whatever culture, whatever religion, um, what I believe is that there's only one power, 
call it whatever you want. Call it the universe, call it life, call it the great architect, call it Apple. It doesn't care because it's beyond a word that you can give it, right? It is back of all things, seen and unseen, heard and unheard, felt and unfelt, right? Every holy book, every spiritual book has called it omniscient, omniactive, omnipresent, omnipotent, omni, which is the Latin word that means everywhere at once, everywhere. Well, guess what? Right there where you are, Stephanie, that's everywhere. Right here where I am, that's everywhere. Where the lion is, where the bear is, where the oak tree is, where the wave is, where the mountain, that's everywhere. So in that breath of alignment, I'm connecting with that which is everywhere present, then therefore it has to be present in through and as my very life. So what kind of day, what kind of morning would I have if I started with that kind of a practice, right? With that kind of just groundingness of gratitude, of love and alignment, say my affirmation, and then now I start my day on my terms versus a news app or social media or anything like that. I think that that's beautiful. And I myself, I have a morning practice as well. And I think the way I equate it is if we don't have a morning practice, I feel like it's like we're ping, we're ping pong or that, that game. Um, I can't even remember, but it's like that video game where you put in your quarter and you know, you hit the ball and it just pongs everywhere. There's no rhyme or reason for how it goes. And yeah. I don't want to be that, you know, that's my reason for a morning routine. I don't want my day to be dictated by reaction to everything that's going on around me. Right. I don't want to wait for the next hit to push me in a direction. Um, and so that's why morning routine is an intention to your point is so important to me. And yes. so, um, just to give it to the audience on a personal basis, because, you know, when you're saying all these things and here's the thing, Carlo, is that those ideas are absolutely beautiful and I have felt them and I know how gorgeous they are, but if we've never taken the time to feel what that feels like to start our day off with intention we're missing such an empowering act and something yes. that's available to every one of us. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. And so then I told people, I said, so start off slow, start off easy, start off what works for you. So just start off with just reckon, just acknowledging your breath. Start with that. Just start, just start with that. Just go, wow, look how I can breathe. And that makes my lungs work, which keeps my body alive. Huh? Let me just be present with that. Like, let me just start there. Just my breath. Let me start with that. That's so, once I get that going, now let me just start with the second part. Let me start with, wow. So here's what I know, whether I'm religious or not, whether I'm spiritual or not, whether I believe in science, whether I believe in evolution, whatever I believe in, here's what I know, that whatever this thing is that created all of us makes no mistakes. Like it's, everything is on time and in time, everything is on purpose. So now I can start to move into a belief system that I am an on purpose. I can start to believe that. I can just start to, just let me start with that notion. Now the brain or the ego will give you data to actually confirm otherwise. We'll say, well, if you weren't on purpose, then why did this happen? And why did that happen? And what did that happen, right? And the reason we do that, one of my professors, Hope Elliott said to me years ago, which has stuck with me forever, she said, remember that ego's job is to protect you, even if it means keeping you stuck, right? Because ego will speak to you in a way that you can understand it. It'll speak to you in a way that you think it's a close friend, right? It'll say, Carlo, 
you don't want to try that again. Remember the last time you tried it, how did it work? And um, uh, it didn't turn out right and how disappointed you were. And then you had to tell people that it didn't work out. So just don't try it, right? Just, just it, that's okay. And then you go, oh my God, that's so true. And you just keep going. Now, if I was to listen to ego with its true intention, and ego would say, hey, I hope you're ready because today I'm going to keep you stuck. I'm going to keep you limited. I'm going to keep you unaware of the truth of your potential. Then that would get my attention. And I would be like, well, where's that voice coming from? But it doesn't speak to us that way, right? It speaks to us in a way that we go, oh, yeah, let me not try that, right? So then if I just start with the breath and then I go to the notion of, hmm, I am an on purpose. And when the conversation comes up, right, the chatter comes up, that little voice that sits in our shoulders, at least that's where mine sits. I get to now listen to it and go, hey, I hear you, but I'm going to stick with this thought anyways. I hear you. I hear that you contradict it. I hear that you don't agree with it, but I'm going to stick with this thought anyways, you know, and just start that as your practice and then let it evolve from there. So Carlo, you know, and I'm going to backtrack here because I think all this is so valuable, but I'd love to know where you started with all of this, because, you know, everything that you share, you come from this place of, you know, live knowledge. You come from this place of obviously a lot of wisdom, but I'm wondering, have you always been this way or was there an evolution to get where you are now? You know what? There were, there were, there, there was and is an evolution because there's never a place we arrive to, but there's always growth and evolution that happens, right? We never arrive. And I, it's interesting as you shared that, I remember as far back as uh, catechism, that's in, in Catholic school, uh, Catholic church of religion, when you're doing your first communion, you go to catechism classes. And um, I was probably, I don't know, six years old maybe, I'm thinking when you're doing your first communion, and I always questioned. Um, so if the nun would say, would read something, I would literally, in my six-year-old language, I would say, great, now can you tell me how that means to you? How does that live in your life? And they would look at me and they'd go, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, I love what you just read, but now can you describe that to me from your own specific point of view, from your testimony, so to speak? And they'd be like, that's just the way that it is. And then I would get in trouble, right? I would get in trouble and I would be sent home with a note that would say, oh, you know, um, and it wouldn't say he's curious. It wouldn't say he's inquisitive. It wouldn't say he inquires. It would say he's disruptive. And so what I started to learn was that questioning to some people looks like disruption and you get in trouble from that. So if we're not careful, um, that's what starts to shut us down. That's what starts to make us silent, right? Because you don't want to be the bad kid in class. For me, fortunately, it did the complete opposite. The more that you said, you know, this isn't it, the more I questioned, the more I got on your nerves, I guess. And so I would come home and I would say to my mom, well, the nun said this and I asked her, what does that mean in her life? And she just said, well, that's just the way that it is. And I go, so why don't you tell me that? How does this work in your life? You're the one sending me to catechism classes. You know what I mean? And then she would also say, well, that's just the way that it is, right? So I believe that that's where my journey started in my awareness in my that part of me that goes hmm there's something more than this here and so I just you know then we travel through life and we continue and what I love about life what I keep learning 
is that life is always conspiring on your behalf and never against you. And I remember a, uh, a I don't know, if it was summer or what, but I all of a sudden started watching Oprah Winfrey and I became an immediate fan of Oprah Winfrey. And I started watching religiously. And years, fast forward years into it, she changed her format to, um, I believe it was called Change Your Life TV. And she started introducing us to people like Eckhart Tolle and Iyana Vansant and uh, Dr. Phil came from there and um, the gentleman who wrote uh, Seed of the Soul. Um, anyways, I'm forgetting his name, all of these people. And what was really fascinating was that what caught my attention was the judgment that she was getting from the critics. Oh, who does she think she is now? You know, now she's becoming this thing and now she wants to go in this direction. And what I remember hearing her said, it was that it was like, I want to use this format for something else. I've done enough shows of like, my mama sleeping with my brother and my cousin. And you know what I mean? She was like, I've had enough of that. Like, how is that serving the people? And that caught my attention. And the words that people would say resonated with me. I would go, oh, you know, uh, when she would have Eckhart Tolle or Mark Nepo or Yana Van Sant or Reverend uh, uh, Bernard, uh, Michael Beckwith, you know, who started Agape in California. And just different people like that. Carolyn Mates, you know, who is a, uh, uh, a spiritual um, medium and uh, all kinds of things. And it would start to resonate with me. It, and this is what I always tell people now, when people say, oh, Carlo, you know, you're great, or you're this, I go, listen, the only reason you recognize it in me is because it already lives within you. That's why you recognize it. That's why it, those, that word called you when you read something, when you saw something on TV, heard a podcast. It, the reason it caught your attention is because that truth already lives within you. We have just allowed the external world to suppress that. And we started to believe, oh, it's that, it's this. But all of a sudden, you start hearing things and it starts to become more and more and more and understanding that that always has lived within you. And so that's what kept me going. And, and uh, eventually, I heard Ayana Van Sam was going to speak here in Los Angeles, um, the Center for uh, Agape would have a spiritual conference for a weekend called uh, Revelations. And she was going to be a guest speaker. And uh, I wasn't going to Agape at the time. It was really interesting because clients would see me and they would say, have you been to this place called Agape? And I was like, no, why? They're like, God, it's so weird. It's like the way that you talk. It's the same thing that you talk about. Anyways, I go hear her speak. And I start looking at these people. Um, and there was something about them, Stephanie, you know, the same thing that I see in you, that it's like, it's, 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 it's not external, it's an internal light that I was like, where do I go to continue to evolve that? Where do these people hang out? Is there a place, is there a, you know, is there a, a place that they go to? So I went to the information table and they were like, yeah, the spiritual center is called Agape, blah, blah, blah. So I went and then um, I just was moved to the level of service that a spiritual practitioner is, which when you also get your master's in spiritual psychology, you become a licensed spiritual practitioner so you can see clients, et cetera. And I remember one time on a Sunday service where Michael said there are practitioners alongside of the sanctuary, right on the back walls of the sanctuary, and they're just holding the space for the, center, for the service. And I thought, wow, how selfless that you are just in a state of meditation, in a state of holding the space 
well, everybody enjoys the service. And I was like, I want to know how I can serve in that way. So for me, serving is what continue to lead me into um, to being here with you now. That's beautiful. When you were actually talking about holding space, I got goosebumps mm. because, you know, that's that level of service, like that level of energy and to be surrounded by it. So I did a meditation in October um, with, I was actually, I did Tony Robbins Mastery University um, mm. and uh, it was very powerful for me. Um, but they had a meditation where 20,000 of us online meditated at one time. And what it was the most profound meditation I have ever had. Wow. I went to a level that was deeper than I've ever gone. I, um, I felt that love and connection for three full days afterwards um, so deeply within me. And it, it changed my life one meditation. Mm. And, you know, I think that's the way it goes. I don't think that to your point, you were saying about how it's, it's never, the journey never ends. Right. And Ooh. so that was one moment in my life where I had a um, profound moment and a deep, deeper deepening of awakening, but I don't think it's that process ever ends, but to the point of that, the holding space to go back to that, what I recognized was when you have a combined energy like that in meditation, that's what allows for the deepening, that energy that happens from that. And so I'm, I'm sure the same went for your meeting, you know, the level of energy because they were in that form of meditation and because they were of that energy and they went there that I'm sure it must have affected. And thank God it did because it brought you to where you are right now. Yes. So, you know, I just, I believe that that was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I would love to go to Agape. That's actually one of my goals to visit um, that spiritual center at some point since you've talked about it. Cause I know that it is a place um, where I will feel at home. So yes. that, that's a whole different subject, but um, when it comes down to, you know, you and your story, there was something that you shared on the last podcast, and um, I'd love to go there again because I would hate for the audience to, to miss this aspect of you, but you talked about a moment that you had at Agape, and it was you, um, the doors, before the doors opened. I don't know. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So this was literally right after. So when I told you I went to that spiritual, con uh, that spiritual conference revelations, um, and I went to the table, they said, yes, there's a, a this place called Agape. It's in Culver City, uh, California. And they have Wednesday night service and Sunday service. And Sunday service starts at 11.15 meditation, 11.30 service. I said, great. Literally the following Sunday, I went to the spiritual center. And what was really interesting is that they closed the sanctuary doors, but not because you can't come in. It's just because meditation is in process. So they do that, you know, for sight, for noise reasons right so I get there and um the doors are closed and uh wow it's so crazy that I tell the story and I'm, I always get uh emotional in the same part and um I remember running and I stopped because the doors were closed that's what made me stop and when I stopped um to check if I should open it or not I felt something pull me to look back 
behind me. And when I looked behind me, I saw myself standing behind me. And I saw myself say, and I looked, and it's almost as if mentally, if you may, I said to it, well, aren't you coming? And it responded back to me and goes, no, 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 no. I was only meant to get you to this place. From this moment forward, a new you will evolve. My job was just to get you here. And now there's gonna be a new evolution. And I remember I just started crying and I went inside, they opened the doors and it was Sunday service. It happened to be choir Sunday on top of that. So choir was just magnificent. And what I got from that, Stephanie, is what we were talking about, right? Is that every part of us, even the parts that we don't like, even the parts that maybe we don't even talk to people about, even the parts that we're ashamed of or embarrassed of, all of those are meant to get you to where you are. That's why it happened. That's why what, what is important for us to remember is, again, the universe, God, the great law of life, whatever you're comfortable with calling it, speaks to you in a way that it knows that you will understand because it's made you in and out of its own image. So when you say, oh, I don't understand, I keep seeing the color blue. Yes, because it knows your favorite color is blue. It's trying to get your attention. It's not playing, it's not playing hide and seek with you. You know what I'm saying? Like it literally, is, it, 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 it wants to always conspire on your behalf. So then all of a sudden I go, oh, it is those moments when I felt shame that, need, that, that, that drove me to search on how do I alleviate that shame? Ah, got it. That's how I found this place and this book and this group of people and blah, blah, blah. So now I'm no longer um, held captive uh, uh, by the choices that I made, right? I can now be set free and go, oh, that choice as good or as bad or as whatever it was at that moment that it happened was meant to get me here. Huh, got it, right? So now I will no longer be held hostage by it. I will be freed by it. And I will recognize that it was part of what I needed, which is what got me here. There was um, an interview that I watched a few days ago and it was about a woman who had a near-death experience. And your, you know, your story was bringing this back up for me because she had said that in her conversation with God, right, source, this, she described it as this big energy, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the conversation that she had, she couldn't understand. Uh, they were bringing her through like her life synapsis. Yes. <laughs> and um, she thought she was, they were going to bring up all these things that she felt shame about, all these ideas that she or or things that happened that made her feel bad about herself but what they brought up and what she learned from it was those were actually not the moments that were thrown back at her for her to learn from what the biggest part of life that we as humans don't get what she said was is that the moments that we grow we are all meant to grow we are all yes. meant to go forward. And so even in the moments that we feel bad about ourselves for doing something, if it actually helps somebody else grow and move forward, then that is seen as good in God's eyes. This is a con new concept to me a couple of yeah. days ago. Although I do believe and I have always believed that our role as human beings is to grow. 
to learn and yes. grow. I didn't really think about it from the concept of moving forward and, and the potential that somebody's action, no matter how hurtful, if it propelled us forward, um, was blessed in God's eyes or source's eyes or seen as exactly the way it should be. But it made so much sense to me because to your point, if the universe is conspiring for us, then it really brings us back to that moment of, okay, even those moments where I felt like, how in the hell can this be happening to me? Why did this, why did they do this? Um, how am I here? That whole victim mentality that if it is pushing us forward to that point, yes, then it is for our greater good. Absolutely. And for the greater Absolutely. good of all. And I think Absolutely. that that's where, what our role is, is to find the meaning in those moments so that it becomes our greater good. You know, that's, that's when we've really went from victim to victor. That's it. Right? That, in those that's moments. It, that's, it. that's it. And I think what's really important for your listeners to, to also understand is that it's a practice to get to that place. So mm -hmm. like, if there's anyone who listens to this and says, oh no, that's BS, or know that that's okay too. Know that that's okay. That you're at that place where you're like, well, but how could X, Y, Z that happened to be be for my greatest good? That's okay. That's okay because you're in inquiry. So now just follow that thread, follow that clue and inquire, why is it for my greatest good, right? Even if it's from a place of like, I'm gonna figure this out because I'm gonna figure out that it wasn't for my greatest good. Keep, follow that thread because you'll see, right? Perfect example of what you were just sharing. Um, uh, I was in Kansas City and uh, flying back, and uh, I had a connect. I flew out of Kansas City, had a connection flight in Dallas, went from Dallas to LAX. Got it. So got some security. Uh, got on the plane. Got to Dallas. My I, my layover was uh, a little long for that. Oh, I'm hungry. Let me get something to eat. It's going to be really late by the time I get to LA, et cetera, et cetera. I stopped sit down, I ordered my meal and I'm just, everything is good. Then it's time for me to pay. And I realized I lost my wallet, right? So all that comes up for all of us, well, we're at an airport, not in our home and our wallet is gone. That has my ID, that has my credit card, that has my uh, um, vaccination card, that has cash, that has all of uh, just everything in my wallet. So of course I immediately go into panic. And to your point, I immediately go into victimhood. I don't understand, but I've been so good about putting it because I love a bag that has pockets, that has a pocket for everything in it. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's like heaven. To open up a bag and there's pockets for everything, it's like my biggest joy in the planet. You know what I mean? So I was like, I always, I have a pocket specifically for my wallet. How could I have not in this particular time, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, I was literally like, I'm, to, I'm being fully transparent and I was in tears. I was like, I cannot believe this is happening, blah, blah, blah. And I was like that. That was uh, today is Wednesday. So that was Monday night. That was Tuesday. And to your point, by midday yesterday, after I had already canceled my credit cards and I already, uh, one of the things that I'm doing from here, I have to go to another city for a, an appointment at the motor vehicles to get my driver's license, right? But so all of that was taken care of and I'm, a client of mine had written me a check. So I had to call them and say, can you please stop payment on the check? Once I got all of that, I took a breath. And I remember saying to my partner yesterday afternoon, I said, you know what I hope? I hope that the individual that finds my wallet was in really need of the cash that's in it. And that they got to a place where they were like, wow, I'm sorry that this person lost their wallet. 
but wow, look how the universe works. I needed this money that's in here right now. And that would have taken me so much longer to get to at some point in my life. I don't know that I, to be honest with you, would have ever gotten there. But to be able to get to that place, because the reality is that everything was taken care of. I mean, I'm here, right? I mean, I, I, ordered, I got to the airport, got on a cab, messaged my partner and said, hey, can you come out and pay for the cab? So the cab was paid for, right? I got home. I didn't miss a meal. I, didn't, I had a place to live. I woke up the next day. And yes, it was inconvenient to now have to add all of this other stuff to my day that I had planned that was going to go a different way, calling on the phone and getting this and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is that to get to now a place to say, I really do hope that whoever found that was in need and that the universe used me to provide for somebody else. And the universe knows exactly why it had to happen in this way, right? Because I wasn't going to know the person who maybe was a cleaning person who was sweeping and I dropped it and they were like, oh my God, I don't know. But I'm just saying that to get to that place, you know, what you're talking about to go, even this is not only for my highest and greatest good, but it's for the highest and the greatest good of every single individual involved. Um, in my 20s, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship. And to even talk about um, that, that situation, I feel like I don't want to call out my partner at the time because I recognize where he was and I'm at the point, I'm so grateful to be at the point in my life where I thank him for everything he showed me. Yes. Right. I have yes. no animosity towards him. That's the truth. I haven't seen him since. So it's so funny because as I'm saying this now, I, I'm like thinking in my head, bet you universe that this is going to happen soon. We're in a small city. I haven't seen him since. And the only fear I have is, um, is seeing him and then not because I've gone past it, knowing that he hasn't, that's the only thing that any emotion that comes up to me in terms of anything with it. Um, and there were some pretty, really horrible times there, but because I've given it the meaning, I'm no special person. Like I'm not at all by saying this, that I am some saintly person who's forgiven my abuser and anything like that. No, it's not about that. I've recognized that he was doing the best he could in that moment. He was had his so many struggles of his own, right, of anger and addiction and things like that. And I just happened to be a player in that. Right. And mm -hmm. everything I learned from it, I would never take back. And so it's just the meaning I give it that gives me freedom. That gives yes. me empowerment. And I don't care where any, but any of the listeners, I don't care where you are in your situation. You don't have to be spiritual at all. It's not about that, but it's about, you know, the empowerment that comes yes. from giving things meaning. So, you yes. know, Carlo, you and I, I love to give it meaning in terms of that. This is for my greater good. It comes from the universe, whatever. But even if the listener wants to use a situation that is, as we all know how crappy it is, um, to be at the airport with no wallet. It happened to me one time with my passport. I was coming back from Germany and mm. I had no, I lost my passport in the middle of the, of the airport. And, um, I freaked out, freaked out. Yes. I, they found it for me. Thank goodness. But it was an experience I would never want to have again. And the same right. thing with my relationship in my twenties. I don't wish that on anybody, but if you can right. give it a greater meaning, 
you've won. Absolutely. Won the Absolutely. game. Yes, it's yes. You know, it's really interesting, right? Because Andrew Carruthers uh, and I on our Testimony Thursday, um, we had a couple conversations about this. It was like a two-part series that was called um, Accept the Past so you can em embrace the present, so you can embrace the now, right? And I think what's really important for, for us to understand is what is our relationship with words? Because a lot of people, uh, a few people were commenting, which, which opened up a really beautiful, rich conversation. They were like, yeah, but see, acceptance to me means, and it's like, oh, okay, got it. So there's a clue. What you have to see is that to you, what is your relationship with acceptance? Because to you, acceptance is, it was okay, justify. And it's like, no, 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 no. Acceptance is being able to say, so that is what happened. I accept it. Good. I'm not calling it good. I'm not calling it bad. I'm not calling it indifferent. I'm saying that happened. Now that that happened, let me embrace the present moment, the now, so that I can see who evolved from that experience. Right? That's the only thing acceptance is about. It's not about making it okay. It's not about justifying the other person. It's about saying, I accept that it took place. And then by accepting it, I'm not calling it good or bad. But what I'm doing by accepting it is I'm being able to fully be present in the now and say, so because of that experience, how did that contribute to my evolution? You know, and it's interesting that you say that. I don't think enough men, gay, straight, whatever, talk about that. But, you know, I was in a really, in a relationship and it, there was this, this level of betrayal. There was this level of betrayal that I couldn't even fathom in my own brain. I couldn't come up with someone betraying you to that degree, you know? And, uh, but it, it happened. And, uh, you know, the person left the state and detectives were involved in all kinds of things. And I remember uh, when people would say to me, you know, some people would say, you know, one day you're going to get to the place where you're going to be grateful for this experience. And, I, and again, I just want to make sure that the listeners are aware that it takes a practice because I remember I, Carlo, who was already in my practice, my spiritual journey, I was like, if one more person tells me that I'm going to find a place of gratitude, I'm going to punch them in the throat because that's not where I am right now. And we have to be able to understand that. Because what is happening is there's a grieving process that is taking place, right? And we have to allow and understand that grieving isn't just me grieving over someone who's passed away or who's made their transition. Grieving is because I'm not only grieving for the physicality of this being no longer in my life, but I'm also grieving for what I thought we were going to do, right? We were going to buy a home. We were going to get puppies. We were going to whatever it is for anybody, right? So we're grieving all of that. And, and, and we have to allow for those moments of grief to come, the shock, the anger, right? Let me experience that. Let me, fool it full, let me feel it fully so that it doesn't show up later at a time that it's not appropriate for it to show up. I wanted to feel it completely, right? I wanted to feel it. Eventually, by feeling it completely, I got to a place to go, okay, universe, here's the deal. I know that there's no way that this person showed up in my life so that I could continue to suffer even while they're no longer in my life. I know that's a fact. I know that. I know that that's not how you work. In fact, I wouldn't believe in a God that, that made that happen. Why would I put my faith on a God that literally put someone in my life so that even after they're no longer in my life, I could continue to suffer? That's not happening, right? That's my own making. So I said, God, I know that I am not meant to suffer because of this experience. 
So what I'm asking for is insight as to how I can continue to release this and to actually grow and evolve from it. And the next day, love, uh, in my morning practice, what I was led to was to actually pray for him. I was led to pray for him. And, and I, it wasn't a thought. I didn't think of it. I didn't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to pray for him today. I was in my prayer. I was already in my prayer when all of a sudden, within me, gear shifted. And I said, wherever you are, with whomever you're with, with whatever you're doing, I know that the same truth is true for me, it's true for you. I know that right there, right where you are, God is expressing itself in, through, and as your very life. And I was like, wow, right? Then, fast forward a couple of years, I am sitting next to someone. Literally, that person was placed there by the universe. And they start to share with me a story of betrayal. And they are at a place where they're like, I just don't even know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know if I want to get through it. I don't know if I want to continue. And I said, well, listen, I don't know your story, but let me share with you my story of betrayal and how I move forward and see if that sheds any light to you. And so all of a sudden, that goes to what we, you were talking about, right? And I, that's where the gratitude came in. And I was like, got it. Got it, universe. One of the reasons, because I can't believe that's the all reason, but one of the reasons was because one day someone will sit next to me who will be experiencing their own experience and won't have the insight, whether it's emotional, psychological, or spiritual, to know how they're going to move forward. And by me sharing not only my story, but how I moved forward, how I forgave, how I became a gratitude, perhaps that's one of the reasons. And now I can move into gratitude. I can move acceptance, led me to gratitude. Gratitude led me to forgiveness. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. A friend of mine, um, local coach as well, Gina Keepings, her name, she said, she believes fully that everything that we go through, that she goes through, is so that she can share that message for others. Mm. Right? And so um, to your point, whether or not we acknowledge that, but what if there is some truth to that? You know, what if, what if everything, what if that's why we were meant to share like we are right now? Exactly. Right? You know, we never know who we could be helping in terms of the listener who's listening to this or what it could be bringing about for them. So in saying that, um, I have to accept that this interview must come to a close because I could have you here forever. Um, and I know that you are serving another community in just a moment. Um, and uh, I will be on that community, by the way. So if... If you have one last message for the listener today, and I know that's a big question, but what would that message be? You know, my message would be seriously um, to just fully understand, just right there, you that are listening right now, just take in, take a breath and just simply say, I am an on purpose. Just take a breath. And the one message I would love to leave anyone with that you can keep in your back pocket so that when life shows up, you can pull it out and go, wait a minute, I am an on purpose. So rather than making up stories as to what my purpose is, let me start to turn within and inquire, what is my purpose? My purpose sis, right? Because I know for a fact 
that I am on purpose. Let me start there. That would be my message. Thank you so much. So Carlo, where can we find you? So we want to have more of these conversations. Beautiful. So um, on Instagram, I am on at lit from within one word. And that's where um, I have my Wednesday Women of Power and Andrew and myself and sometimes uh, another co-host and I will do Testimony Thursday. And then on Facebook, you could find me under Carlo Navoa. And on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I deliver a Sunday message, which is a motivational, inspirational message, very much like the conversations that we're having now. Nice. Um, I will link all of that in the show notes for the listener. So no worries. You don't have to remember all of that, but I highly recommend that you do reach out and, um, or at least, at least tune in to some of these messages, because I know that, um, you know, I, I surround myself with a lot of these messages and there's not a time that I don't tune in that I don't go a little deeper. Or don't, you know, something comes up in me and it's like, oh, you know, I never, I never quite thought of it that way. Right. There's always for me, there's always some contemplation after it. So I feel like it's, it's always a value is what I'm trying to say. So for the listener, check Carlo out. It's definitely a value. It's definitely worth it. If you've tuned into this episode, I have no doubt if you've gotten to this point that you are intrigued. So (laughs) go for it. And thank you again, Carlo, so much for being here, for spending another hour with me of your valuable time. Um, It is so, so appreciated. And um, we will talk soon. Absolutely. And just know that anytime for you, it's an easy yes, love. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, we'll see everybody next month on the Let Your Woo Woo Show um, podcast. And thank you again, Carlo. We'll see you soon. All right, love. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. Well, that concludes this episode of the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and don't forget to share to anyone you think would enjoy it. And remember, we are all a little woo woo. That's what makes you you. Much love to you all. Until next time.